a British TV podcast with Chrissy and Ryan. News, reviews, what's on TV this week, DVD releases, and special features all about British TV. You're out of the teens. Woohoo. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the British TV podcast, show number 20. Ta-da. As Chrissy says, we're yes. out of the teens. We're almost legal. I'm Ryan in Seattle. I'm Chrissy in Seattle. And welcome to all our new fans of EastEnders who are listening to this podcast because it's going to be an EastEnders-oriented podcast because it is the 25th anniversary, and hopefully they'll stick around next week when we're not talking about EastEnders. Oh, gracious, though. I just decided, okay, I'll have a little peek at some EastEnders information on telly and <laughs> on the internet. There's so much of it. So I, I read about Wendy Richards and her history on the show, so I know that little bit of the history, but that's about it. So... We'll have to see what your research turned up. I haven't added it up. There must be like a thousand episodes. They mm -hmm. did two a week for 25 years, and then they went four a week about four years ago. I'm not going to do the math in my head. Certainly somebody out there knows how many episodes of EastEnders there have been, but quite a few. Show number 20. Four months now. Yeah. Wow. Well, it started way back in those dark days of October, and now we're in the dark days of February. Well, <laughs> no change there. Slight bit of light here, though, pulling into your house. I've no, I have not yet seen this house that's fairly new of yours when it wasn't. Well, I guess I was here once when it was bright when we were making cookies. But every other time I've been here, it's been dark. So I've you'll have to take our word for it. There is an outside the of this house. I know. I, I I suspect there's pretty yards and plants and shrubs out there, but it's hard to see. Not after we're done with them, we'll kill everything off by uh, June, I'm sure. This week's episode, we have news, what's on British TV this week, what's running in the United States, DVD releases, and a feature on the 25th anniversary of EastEnders. Why don't we talk about Chrissy's new favorite website? Well, for this week, yeah. I found a fun website. We'll promote it, tvtropes.org. It has a whole section on British television and how to understand all the references on British television and how to understand the school system. It's kind of like Wikipedia. It is. It's it's good. I, they want it to be more fun than Wikipedia, though. They're all, oh, you don't have to cite references. Say whatever you want when you write in here. And, I like how it talks about TV cliches and things like mm -hmm. that. It deconstructs quite a few of them. But yeah, big section on British telly. So yeah. that's kind of a good companion piece to this podcast, I think. A big time waster if you wish to do so. In the last week's issue of Entertainment Weekly, number four on their must-see list was Charlie Brooker's How to Report the News on Newswipe. They said, in this YouTube video from the BBC series, comic Charlie Brooker fleefully dissects the cliches of TV news segments. So cool, Charlie Brooker is Yay. becoming a known quantity here, despite the fact that none of his programs have ever been shown here, and probably won't because it would cost them a fortune to pay the rights for all the images and pictures and stuff you've got to love youtube I and mean, that's how peter serafinowitz got his sketch comedy show he was accompanying his partner because she was auditioning for some hollywood stuff and with no but a budget of zero they started doing little mini youtube vignettes and sometimes he'd paint on a al pacino little beard with a sharpie and do his impressions and that's how he got commissioned for a sketch show so don't underestimate YouTube. Well, I'm impressed that Entertainment Weekly yeah. is cool enough to have discovered it because we like Charlie Brooker. We'll definitely do a segment on him at some point in the future. And he's worth just go to YouTube, type in Charlie Brooker. It's 
Very cool. News this week, BBC America picks up more seasons of Being Human. The show's highly anticipated second season will premiere in late summer with the third season following shortly. I know you love Being Human. I do, and the second season's almost over in the UK. Only two more episodes left, so... My mother discovered it before I did, actually, on BBC America, and quite likes it. Did your mother see more of it than I have? I only saw the first episode, so I need to slap myself on the wrist and go back and see Being Human, and then we can do a big feature on Russell Tovey, because I know you're dying to do it. Oh, yeah. He's a sweetie. Okay. So, Being Human, coming on BBC America... Probably in their Saturday night fantasy science fiction time slot, which is currently occupied by Survivors. What's on TV for the week of February 17th to the 23rd? Wednesday, well, two repeats of your best bet tonight. Uh, New Tricks on BBC One and Nevermind the Buzzcocks on BBC Two. Thursday, BBC Two's Comedy Night continues with the topical news quiz Mock the Week, then Rabsy Nesbitt and Bellamy's People. Season 3 of The Secret Diary of a Call Girl continues on ITV2 at 10 p.m. Also at 10, Skins is on E4. And Alan Carr, Chatty Man, is on Channel 4. Friday at 8 p.m., it's the 25th anniversary of EastEnders with a special live episode that will reveal the mystery of who shot at Christmas. And right afterwards on BBC3 will be an EastEnders Live, The Aftermath, with George Lim interviewing the cast on their reactions to the live episode, as well as showing all the preparations that went into doing it. It's always cool when they do something live on British TV. The last thing I could think of was the Quatermass experiment. Yeah, that's big fun, too. I I have the DVD of that. And they were so excited doing that live that they finished it in 15 minutes before they were supposed to finish it. Yeah, they didn't know much of a time slot to give them. They'd done rehearsals and they timed it. They said, okay, yeah, allocate us this much time. And the BBC says, okay. And then the actors were just so adrenaline charged that they finished short. Maybe they put a cartoon on afterwards or something. I don't know. So stick around. We're going to tell you all about EastEnders. Well, not all of that, but we'll tell you a lot about EastEnders here in our feature coming up soon. And if you stick with BBC One... On Friday night, you can catch this week's installment of the Quiz Show QI, where they go all G for Gothic. BBC Two debuts The Bubble, a topical news quiz. Another one. (laughs) Well, I guess Have I Got News for You is only on 16, 17 weeks a year. So a topical news quiz hosted by David Mitchell, where the contestants have been locked away for four days prior to recording and then must deduce what are the real news stories that have occurred and which are made up. Apparently it's an import from overseas, but I'm not sure what country. It's been successful in other countries, and now they're trying it in Britain. I'm just amazed they can get people to agree. Frank Skinner is one of the contestants in the first week to basically be isolated. I mean, you don't put them in a white room. That's a zero thing. Mm-hmm. They just take away their, their phones and, and newspapers and radio and, wow. and then have them come out and record the show. I wonder what will have happened this week that's so crazy. Well, I'm sure they can dig up some weird news stories and say, well, is it true or not? That's true. They've got the whole world at their disposal for weird news stories, too. Unlike just their country. That's right. On Channel 4, Jimmy Carr's quiz show 8 Out of 10 Cats continues. Friday Night with Jonathan Ross on BBC One includes guests Colin Farrell, Russian supermodel Natalia Vodianova. Very good. Comedian Jason Manford and rapper Jay-Z. Saturday, Harry Hill's TV Burp is on ITV One. Sunday, Lark Rise to Candleford. That just goes on and on, doesn't it? Continues on BBC One, followed by the BAFTAs. That is, the British Academy Film Awards, hosted by Jonathan Ross. 
Yes, their version of the Oscars. Over at ITV1, Wild at Heart continues. On BBC3, more of the second season of Being Human. Hurrah, hurrah. Monday, the documentary series The Lakes continues at ITV1. Channel 4 continues the documentary season Tower Block of Commons. Married Single Other debuts on ITV Monday. It's a comedy drama starring Lucy Davis and Dean Lennox Kelly about three very different couples. Oh, do they play all three couples? No, there's oh. a cast of six people and various stages of coupleness, I guess you would say. So it's not like the Rob Bride and Julia Davis one from a few years ago. Oh, like, Human Remains? Yeah, it's no, not like that. No. Okay. They're playing specific characters. So that's an hour-long comedy drama there. That's good to see Lucy Davis doing something. She, um... What would I know her from? The Office. Oh, she was Pam. Yeah, um, no, she was um, Dawn. She, yeah. she was the receptionist. Yes. Pam's the American she one. She was, and she became very ill a couple of years ago because she had had a kidney transplant as a teenager, and it was kind of worrisome, but I guess she's recovered and doing fine if she's able to do a TV show because she only found out that she had kidney failure in the first place because they do get physicals before they go off and do these shows for BBC or films or this or that, and her physical showed something wrong, so her mom gave her a kidney. And wow. I read a few years ago that she had collapsed and was suffering from kidney failure, but... Apparently she's doing well, and she also got to get married at St. Paul's Cathedral because her father, I think, is an OBE, so she got the right to march down the same aisle that Princess Diana did. So, Well, you're just a font of information I here. I am. That's why I, we have you here. It's just one, one <laughs> BBC page I read, but yeah, that's how my brain works. It sticks these useless but somewhat interesting tidbits away for future podcasts. Yes. Or uh, Monday night, you could take a chance on a one-off comedy special on BBC Three called Above Their Station, a sitcom about community support officers who want to become real policemen. I think there was a Mitchell and Webb sketch with much the same premise. Tuesday, Survivors concludes on BBC One. And Shameless continues on Channel Four. On BBC America this week, Friday night, it's My Mother's Night with Friday Night with Jonathan Ross and The Graham Norton Show. She watches both. Saturday, the first season of the remake of Survivors continues. Sunday, you can see the BAFTAs, provided you're in the United States and waiting impatiently just a few hours after it goes out live in Britain. Yeah, that's really cool. BBC America is going to yeah. carry the same day. We're all for same day broadcasting. Yep, not later this summer. Same day, much better. Yeah. Monday, there's new episodes of Top Gear. Wednesday, Channel 4's high school comedy, The Inbetweeners. The Independent Film Channel continues the Johnny Vegas comedy Ideal, weeknights at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific. Shameless is Friday on the Sundance Channel. The third season of Billy Piper's Secret Diary of a Call Girl is Mondays on Showtime. On Adult Swim, on Friday night, starting at midnight, is their British comedy block, starting with The Office, Look Around You, The Mighty Boosh, and Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. HBO debuts The Ricky Gervais Show on Friday night. It's all episodes of his highly popular podcast with Stephen Merchant and Carl Pilkington, but now in animated form. Your mileage may vary. Are they old tapes of the yes, animating? Yes, this, oh. is, this is his. Yeah. Apparently, he's in the Guinness Book of World Record for the most downloaded podcast. And unlike us, he actually was selling it. And they've just taken the tapes and animated him. When I was in England last, was 
gosh, six years ago, and he was doing a live radio show with, I think, with Stephen Merchant on weekends because there were posters all over saying, listen now before someone else becomes flavor of the month. (laughs) That was was their little catchphrase there with pictures of them giggling. But uh, it seems to keep on going for him, so that's great. DVD releases. Kingdom Series 3 starring Stephen Fry is out. In this season, they reveal the father of Beatrice's baby. You'll never guess who it is. I just saw this one, in fact. Okay. And Lyle finds love. So it's a very sweet, charming ITV comedy drama. Stephen Fry plays a lawyer, I think the only lawyer, in a small town in Norfolk. And everybody comes to him with their problems, and he sorts everything out. He had a near-to-well brother in the first two seasons, and he has to deal with his uh, sister. And... It's just a nice, sweet series. And, of course, Stephen Fry in our book does no wrong. So that's Kingdom. Lark Rise to Candleford Series 2 is out on DVD this week. It's the one where Jason Merrills joins the series as a former villager who is made good and returns to open a hotel in Candleford and becomes a potential love interest for Julia Sawala's character. Hey. Sean the Sheep. Volume 5, more Ardman shorts feature a flock of subversive sheep and their dog. Very nice stuff. And The Secret Policeman's Private Party, a 1984 fundraiser for Amnesty International. It's now on DVD. It features a who's who of 80s comedians, including the Monty Python guys, Rowan Atkinson, and Stephen Fry and Hugh Laurie. EastEnders 25th Anniversary! So we're celebrating the BBC's most popular series, EastEnders, the soap opera. It's on four days a week now in Britain. There's a two-hour omnibus on Sundays. And episodes leak over here as they do. And we're going to hear some interviews here where Americans talk about how they see the series and how far behind they are to see it uh, legitimately. It used to run on a lot of PBS stations. It used to run here in Seattle until about three years ago, and support kind of dried up. So we'll start here with Melissa. She runs the Smitten by Britain blog, and she's a longtime fan of the series. We have a bad connection, so we apologize in advance for the quality. Hi, Melissa. Hi, Ryan. How and when did you discover EastEnders? I was living in England in 1988, and spent most of my evenings by myself. My husband, who I met and married after I arrived, was in the RAF, and he worked nights. So I spent most nights um, by myself watching telly and enjoying a career at Chinese. I probably gained about 15 pounds the first year. You know, I was in a new country and didn't know many people, so watching telly filled a void for me. Fell in love with EastEnders and shows like Black Adder and Only Fools and Horses. What do you like about EastEnders? Well, at first, I didn't like it very much at all. I used to enjoy American folks because they basically lived a fantasy life. They, you know, the, the characters were beautiful and wealthy with perfect bodies and the form of escapism, you know, to get away from your life. And EastEnders was very different. EastEnders was more like real life, very down to earth. Very working class. Right. It was tough, hard to watch. I felt like 
why do I want to watch people who are having the same kind of problems that I'm having? You know, I was used to watching soaps, the form of escapism, so I didn't really see the value in that at first. And it took a little while to get the hang of the Cockney accent. Once I got used to the, the Cockney accent, you know, then you start caring more about the characters. You know, they have the cliffhangers that keep you coming back. I enjoyed watching representation of everyday life in London at least one side of London, the east side. You know, much of the life there revolves around the pub and the residents. You know, even though a lot of Brits don't think that's a perfectly correct representation of life in London, I think, definitely think there must be some value to it, and it must be close enough. Otherwise, you know, it wouldn't have lasted this long. Just like any soap, you know, over a period of time, you grow to care about what happens to the characters, and they start to feel like family. So... To me, Sanders has its own unique charm and wit, which you don't find in most American soaps. So that's why I've kept watching. And it's been sort of tough after I returned to the States in 1991. I, you know, keeping up with it was kind of shoddy because PBS would keep switching the airtime. So I might be able to catch it Friday evening, and then a couple weeks later, they've moved it to Friday at 11 p.m. So during the 90s, it was kind of shoddy keeping up with it. But then in 2003, my cable system picked up BBC America, and BBC America was airing EastEnders, so that's when I was able to get back into it. How long do they run it? Because they don't have it on right now, right? Right. They got us all hooked again, and then they dropped it. And then... There was a big backlash from EastEnders viewers. There were petitions to try to get the show back on. And instead, what BBC America did was they sold the rights to pay-per-view. So now you can watch BBC America-sponsored episodes of EastEnders on pay-per-view. Oh, interesting. Yeah. How far behind were BBC America when they took it off? They were pretty current. I believe they were only about a month behind, and the pay-per-view episodes are six weeks behind. That's still pretty good. Yeah. You've probably heard about the PBS stations, a lot of them dropping it over the last few years because it is so expensive. And my local station in D.C., all these Thunders fans got together about two or three years ago and did a big drive because they were threatening to drop the show. And EastEnders fans in the D.C. area raised $50,000 wow. to keep the show on for two years. How far behind is the station in D.C.? They are six to seven years behind. How many days a week do they show it? Just one day, and they show two episodes. Oh, so they're getting further behind every week. Exactly. And then, then when they have weeks where there are drives, they will preempt the, the show. And so that gets, gets us even farther behind. So we're inching closer and closer to being 10 years behind. Does it have rerunability? Because the conventional wisdom is that people won't watch soap operas twice because you know what's going to happen. I think if you're a dedicated fan and you love the show as much as I do and you remember some of the great episodes and some of the great scenes, it definitely has rewatchability. If the show has longevity, I mean, there's definitely something there that keeps people coming back. I mean, right now EastEnders is on four nights a week. You have to have good storylines and good characters to keep people, keep their attention and, and keep them coming back four evenings a week. That's a lot of time. 
Well, who are some of your favorite characters on EastEnders? Dirty Dan, Dan Watts. He was played by Leslie Grantham, and he was and still is the most well-known baddie on the square. He owned the Queen Victoria pub and was the villain of Walford for the first four years of the show until he was supposedly killed off in 1989. Now, besides Dan, Dot Cotton, or Dot Ranning, she is sort of a perennial character. She's been with the show since the beginning. She is, for me, the matriarch of the square. She's been that for some time. I think she's very funny, quirky, but at the same time, she is like the conscience of the square, and she keeps everyone on the straight and narrow. Some of the recent characters that are my favorite are Alfie Moon and Cat Slater. Alfie is a character with a great sense of humor. He's sweet and lovable, but his white cat was hard as nails um, on the outside, but on the inside she was soft as a kitten. She's had a lot of painful and unresolved issues from her childhood, but she's tough as old boots, and that's why I like her. She's a fighter. So what do you think about the upcoming live episode in the show's 25th anniversary? Well, I think it's a great idea. It's going to show how skilled and talented these actors are. So I think it's really exciting. Unfortunately, we're not going to be able to watch it here in America. A major plot line is going to be resolved. How do you shield yourself or do you even try from these major plot revelations? Oh, I'll probably find out. I, I follow a lot of people on Twitter who discuss EastEnders. I belong to EastEnders groups. There's a few blogs that I follow that reveal spoilers, and they, you know, track the episodes of the program. Some of those blogs are eastendersalternative.blogspot.com. That's a great one, and they have a forum where you can find out spoilers. There's the EastEnders blog, which is eastenders-soaps.blogspot.com, and EastEnders catch-up service, which actually shows videos from the show. And that's EastEndersCatchUp.com. I don't have a problem with finding out plot lines. I enjoy the show so much, it, it doesn't bother me if I find out a spoiler. Now, some people, it might. And it's not difficult to shield yourself if you wanted to, because not many people know about the show in America. So I actually seek out forums and groups uh, where I can find out what's going on in the show and make a connection with people who actually enjoy the show as well. So it doesn't ruin it for you when you see it subsequently a few weeks later? No, it doesn't ruin it for me. You know, maybe it would for other people. Maybe they're bothered by that, but I don't get bothered by it. And like I said, you know, like I told you earlier, I'm watching episodes that are six and seven years old, so right. I already know what's going to happen, and I enjoy them just as much the second time around. There's actually a great site that your listeners might want to know about. It's called whatsontv.co.uk that follows a lot of the British programs. It sounds like and Television Without Pity that does the same thing here. Yes, it's sort of like an online tabloid that follows the shows. And so you can find out spoilers there and, and what's coming up and reviews of the past shows, too. Yeah, we'll put links to all these in our show notes. Okay. So you mentioned a couple of ways that Americans can see EastEnders here in 2010. There's the pay channel on Dish Network. Right. There's PBS. And then people trade DVDs? They do. When they took EastEnders off of BBC America, some people 
were starting tape trains where they would record the show and exchange tapes. Now, are they coming from Britain or just from other PBS screenings? They were talking to people in Great Britain mm. and getting them to send them tapes of current episodes. And I think that, that went pretty well for a year or two, and then it sort of faded, fell off. Of course, nowadays, you can just BitTorrent everything, and I'm sure, I haven't checked, but I probably there are people who are uploading all the episodes, and you can illegally download them if you're so inclined. Opening up the iPlayer to fans of these senders and fans of British television, that's going to be a big money-making deal for them. They would just get on the stick and, and realize that, uh, you know, I, I'm one of those people who would be more than willing to pay 25 $30, $40 a month to have access to the iPlayer. I would give up my cable, actually, to be able to view British television. Yeah, well, I agree. It would be a great thing. And maybe under the Tories, they will get more conscious of that. But I think right now, politically, they figure it's better not to be selling abroad that overtly, that they're trying to say, no, 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 we, t- we take the British taxpayers' money and we give them programs. And right. trying to keep the international stuff kind of arm's length. But, you know, right. things can change. I-, I think it's inevitable, though. I think so, too. I think the internet is forcing the issue. Yes. You know, the easy access, YouTube, and some of the online television viewing, I think they're they're forcing the issue. So... Like you said, it's, it's probably going to happen eventually. I think with, within the next five years or so. <clears throat> Thank goodness for the internet, and hopefully it won't be long till we'll have access to that iPlayer. Let's plug your blog. My blog is Smitten by Britain, www.smittenbybritain.com, home of the Britophile, for all things British. Not just TV, but lifestyles and things like that too, right? Yes, culture, travel, history, film, music covered just about all of it. Cool. We'll put a link to that on our show notes. Great. Thanks. Thank you very much. All right, Ryan. Thanks for having me. Again, sorry about the quality of the connection there. Next, we have Shawnee. She belongs to the Western North Carolina's EastEnders Club. Hi, Shawnee. Hi. How are you doing tonight? Good. So what is your organization? Our group is the Western North Carolina EastEnders Fan Club. We're housed outside of the Asheville area, and we used to meet quite a bit, usually quarterly, but now with the economy like it is, we haven't met in a while, but we have tried to upgrade our website so that we can at least have a place to congregate online and a place to add information and keep up with what's going on with the show. How long have you been around? The group was formed, it was before I started with it, um, I want to say back in 89, if I'm not mistaken. I got on board in right around 99, I think. This has been quite a while then. Yeah, it's been a while. How and when did you discover EastEnders? I actually kind of came into EastEnders by surprise. I was watching PBS in Dallas, Texas in 1987, and I happened upon this show that I had never seen before, and it really kind of caught me by surprise. The storyline at the time was Ben Watts and Michelle, and I knew that she was pregnant, but we didn't really know at that time who the father was, and it just amazed me that she was involved with this pub owner, and I kept watching, and I kept thinking, what is this? Is this drama? I had no idea that it was a soap opera, and it took a while before I figured that out, and I just kept coming back every Saturday. Did you watch American Soaps before that? 
Uh, definitely. I watched General Hospital for years. What did you like about EastEnders? I think the thing that, that interested me the most was the fact that, it, first of all, I didn't think it was a soap opera when I first started watching it. There was no music, except at the beginning and the end of the show, and I thought that was interesting. When I found out that it was a soap, that really surprised me, because it was so different from what I was used to over here. And the characters just seemed so real. These people, they seemed like somebody I would walk into a neighborhood and get to know. And I, I loved that aspect of it. Had you been a follower of British TV before that? A little bit. I would watch PBS, of course. I loved Monty Python, but not really episodic television so much. It was sort of, if I heard about something coming on, I would watch it. That really got me hooked on British TV at that point, and I, I was so thankful we had them on PBS, at least where we could subscribe and be involved. So who are some of your favorite characters? I love Alfie. I, I, can't, I can't say enough about Alfie. I think he's amazing. Dot has to be my favorite character. She's just, I don't ever want to see Dot leave. <laughs> She's just amazing. I like Pat, and I like, I love David Wicks. He was one of those people that you love to hate. And I think my least favorite character is probably Ian Beale. What do you think about this upcoming live episode and the show hitting its 25th anniversary? I really wish I could see it. <laughs> I don't think we're going to have an opportunity to, to, to see it anywhere in this, in this part of the country. Not legally, anyway. Yeah, exactly. And I don't have access in any way that is legal other than through PBS. I don't get DISH Network. I know that some folks do get DISH, so they probably will see it, what, three weeks late? From what I understand, this is the first time that they've done this. How do you shield yourself, or do you even try, from major plot revelations? Don't really try too much. I was caught up with the BBC America when they were showing uh, EastEnders, and I actually got caught up until... 2004, I believe, with some friends who had taped it for me after it went off of the BBC America shows. And when we lost it on BBC America, I kind of just gave up and said, you know what, I'm just going to go back to PBS because that's what my group follows, and I had to keep up with it that way for my group. And I'm at that point where we're coming up on the time that we sort of lost it on BBC America, so I'm sort of getting excited because now coming into a time when we're going to start seeing some new shows again. I know that most of the publications do have spoiler alerts, and they try to let the fans know, hey, you know, you might not want to see this. I myself, I don't shield myself too much from it. If I see it, I see it. I'll probably forget it. <laughs> so by the time I see it on TV, it, it, it'll be something that I won't have remembered. Let's plug your website. What is it? It's www.wnceastenders.com. And we have a lot of different places you can post on the website. We've got most of our pictures from all of our meetings, so you'll get to see our, our happy faces. It's, it's just a nice place for our groups throughout the state to get together. We also have on Facebook, the Eastern North Carolina group has a Facebook site, NC EastEnders. I think you can look them up by just putting in NC EastEnders on Facebook, and their group information will come up. But we've got several people on the east part of the state who for years have been involved with EastEnders, and they've, they've created this Facebook site, and they've actually uh, started doing, they talk after each of the episodes, and they, they post information. So it's a, it's a fun place to get the people who, who know each other in this state together and, and talk online. But everyone's talking about the 2003 episodes, not new stuff, right? Pretty much, yeah. We're, we're talking about the stuff that we're seeing here. Well, hopefully you'll get to see the 25th anniversary in, let's see, 2017, maybe? That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> it could be that long. <laughs> well, two episodes a week. Yeah, it's going to take a while. 
I just really pray that, that people continue to support it because the only way right now that we have to see it unless things change with the television programming here in America is for us to pay for it. We're either going to pay for it on the Dish Network or we're going to pay for it with our local PBS, which uh, is who I choose to support. It used to be so many stations that showed it. It's just dwindled down to a select few. Yeah, we had it here and until I about think, three years ago in Seattle. Yeah, I, I do think it's because of support, too. I think it's harder to show interest in it. I think when BBC America came into play and we had the opportunity to watch EastEnders on BBC America... A lot of PBS stations didn't see the kind of funding that they had had prior, and I, I wonder if they sort of dropped it at that point. And then when we lost it on BBC America, they just said, "You know what? We can't. We can't afford to try to bring this back into into play." And in North Carolina, we always had great support, so we we didn't lose that. So I think that's why we stayed on the air. I think that's pretty much true. That I, I talked to somebody last night who told me that that here. The support just dropped like a rock once it was available on BBC America. Plus, they were showing episodes that were much newer. But I think it's going to change, and, and hopefully people will get a chance through the Internet to be able to see things much more currently, and you know, people can directly support the shows that they want to see. That's, that's the way we think things are going to trend. I hope so. I think it's a smart idea for the future. I think for everybody. I think even in America, it should be that way. Well, yeah, because... You're able to do whatever you want. You know, for example, somebody here, I'm in Seattle. My PBS station does not show EastEnders. I don't particularly want to get Dish Network. I've got a cable system. So, yeah, there's no legitimate way at all for me to get the show. Well, what if I want, want the show? You know, there should be a way for people who want to see it to be able to see it. Exactly. And, and I do think you're right. I think it's around the corner. I just think that they have to, they're just going to have to give into it and then and go with it. I think once they see how lucrative it is, they'll be, they'll be wondering why they didn't do it sooner. Oh, yes, absolutely. I, I agree. They'll be like, why didn't we do this 10 years ago? Well, oh, oh, well. Monday morning quarterbacking. All right, well, thanks a lot. You're very welcome. I appreciate the offer, and it was nice to visit with you tonight. And now, a few words from Jennifer. Thanks so much, Ryan, for this opportunity. It's a pleasure to be a part of your podcast. Hi, podcast people. My name is Jennifer Allen, and I am an EastEnders addict. I live in North Carolina, and I lead a pretty fulfilling and exciting life working professionally as a voice artist, but life is just not complete without my weekly fix of EastEnders, and to supplement that, I started a fan club based in the mountains of North Carolina, a website, and a blog, and I occasionally contribute articles to fan publications. I like EastEnders not just because the stories are a little more believable than what we might see here in the U.S. on our soap operas, but because the characters are, you know, they're, they're out there, they're working, they're wearing jeans, they have colds, they're just dealing with life, they're doing the day-to-day, and we really don't see that here in the U.S. on our soaps, and as such, I choose EastEnders over anything we have here. I also like EastEnders because I sort of get to go to this exotic location without having to fly, and I really like that. I'm in a different country with different people who have different ideas, but no barriers because I already totally know the language. Well, you know, unless it's Phil talking because I cannot understand a word. And and also some of the slang, I'll, I'll admit that. In fact, we have some pretty big discussions online, the chats, the blogs, the newsletters, uh, about some of the slang terms and expressions we hear on EastEnders. Uh, the most recent one was the sling your hook discussion. And you would not believe the places we went with that one. <laughs> 
Okay, so how do I get EastEnders? Well, I'm a really lucky girl. I live in a state with a public broadcasting station that still airs the program. There are only nine public stations that carry EastEnders in the U.S. that I'm aware of, and UNCTV out of Raleigh is one of them. Yay! Okay, but it's not all down to them because these public stations are fully funded by the public on a volunteer basis, which essentially means that the EastEnders fans are willing to pull out their wallets, take out a wad of cash, and send it to the public broadcast station so that they can ensure their programming. And year after year, we managed to do it for UNCTV. There are fundraisers and festivals with uh, club members basically manning the phones, taking the donations by phone. Uh, A lot of these club members dress up as favorite characters. They might bring some wonderful little tidbit they've managed to find online at an auction and auction it off right there on the air as a means to bring in extra money to ensure that they do get their programming. So it's definitely a partnership. You've got the, the PBS station and you've got the fans working together to make the money so that they can buy the programming. And it's a beautiful thing. So happy anniversary, EastEnders. 25 years, 25 glorious years. I've only been in on the last, oh, I don't know, maybe 17. I hate, hate, hate that I didn't know about the program prior to that. However, through the magic of tape trains, thank you other EastEnders fans, I have been able to see most of the early years episodes. And oh, wow, those were some good ones. So here's a little piece of information that's sort of interesting for the podcast people. We are watching EastEnders episodes that are six and a half years old. Uh, On our EastEnders programs, Kat and Alfie haven't even hooked up. In fact, Alfie is fairly new to the square, and we're enjoying that storyline. That actually brings me to the subject of spoilers. You're probably curious as to how we avoid getting information or if we want to avoid getting information on the current episodes. And we're really lucky because our EastEnders fans here in the States are really good people. And they're very respectful of the boundaries that each individual puts up because there are three camps. There are those that do spoilers and actively seek them out. There are those that do not, under any circumstances, do spoilers. And then there's those who dabble in them. I sort of fall into that latter category. But yeah, the fans are fabulous. They always make it a point to ask each other, are you doing spoilers? Are you not doing spoilers? They know there's a boundary. They know there's a line. They, they find out what it is, and, and they never cross it. It's really great. They're like that when they're on the computer and, and doing online things as well. Anytime you go to a website or a blog and there's spoiler information, it's usually flagged in red. And, and that's just a great stopgap. You know, it's very clear. It, it's that way because the fans are really good people. And, you know, that, that brings me to another subject, the whole fellowship of this. I mean, it's not just the show. It's the fans. We are a family. We see the same folks over and over online in chats. We see them at events. Uh, we get together and have parties. We do luncheons. We do sleepovers where we watch the show. There, there's a lot going on. And I personally have been a part of a lot of it. It's been a great time. I've met my best friends through EastEnders, 
It's just a great way to meet folks who enjoy the same things. You know, gosh, with the internet, you can be in touch with people all the time. You don't have to be in the same city anymore. And that makes it even more fun because we, we get together and do road trips. I've been to New York City to their EastEnders luncheons. These are fabulous times. I mean, you're really making memories. You're taking pictures, doing travelogues, posting that online, and planning the next one. I had the opportunity to travel to Elstree Studios in London and actually see where they film EastEnders. Gosh, what a kick. I got to meet Sean Williamson, who plays Barry Evans. And most recently, I got to participate in a Children in Need charity shoot uh, in Fayetteville, North Carolina, of all places, featuring Shane Ritchie, Hello Elfie Moon, and Josie Lawrence. Spoiler alert, uh, she will be featured in the show in upcoming uh, episodes that we have not been privy to here, but I will refrain from telling the character or the storyline out of spoiler respect. So, yeah, I mean, the adventures that I have had, many of them revolve around EastEnders, and I don't think that's such a bad thing. Maybe it's a bad thing that I've learned to play the theme to EastEnders on my ukulele. I don't know. That's not for me to say. Perhaps your podcast people will judge. But all in all, EastEnders has just been a wonderful experience for me. It's given me the opportunity to meet people from all over who are just special. And for that, I'm grateful. So happy 25th anniversary, EastEnders. Yeah, I did not know that Josie Lawrence had been on EastEnders. Nor I. She just does all sorts of interesting things. She took over for, um, I think it was Elaine Page, but she was the lead in The King and I when I was there. There were pictures of her in the big frock with the king on buses. I mean, so she goes... She'll do her Sunday night improv with the boys sometimes and then go off and do a West End musicals. And she's done a bunch of Shakespeare in recent years. So Yeah, she's a she's serious actress. Branching out. So let's look at some notable dates in EastEnders history. February 19th, 1985. It's the first episode. Reg Cox is found dead. And it had 17 million viewers. That must have been pretty hyped then. Uh, December 26, 1986, Dirty Dan Watts hands Angie divorce papers. Viewers, 30.1 million, an all-time record. On February 23, 1989, Dirty Den murdered. Program creators Julia Smith and Tony Holland leave amid a row over whether Den could return. It had 20 million viewers. April 1994 goes from two to three episodes a week. March 1st, 2001, Who Shot Phil Mitchell? 25 million viewers tuned in. The show goes to four episodes a week. April 5th, 2001, UEFA Cup match between Liverpool and Barcelona delayed so viewers can see it was ex-girlfriend Lisa Shaw who shot Phil. Viewers, 22 million. Now, caution, we have some spoilers ahead here for fans who've only seen up to the 2003 episode, so if you don't want to know... Skip ahead two minutes. On September 29th, 2003, Dirty Den is back with the words, Hello, Princess. 16 million people watched it. February 18th, 2005, Dirty Den is murdered for sure on the show's 20th anniversary. Viewers, 13.7 million. On July 13th, 2006, ratings fall to a low of 3.9 million after it loses out to Emmerdale. Ouch. That was when Doctor Who was getting about 7 or 8 million. 
it was topping the charts because the soaps were just dropping down and nobody was watching the soaps that summer for some reason. Maybe the stories had run out of gas or people just weren't watching during the weekdays. December 25th, 2009, Archie Mitchell murdered. Viewers, 10.9 million. So congratulations to EastEnders for 25 years and here's hoping that distribution here in the United States improves soon. There's a new EastEnders podcast that just started two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. I found it on iTunes. It's out of Britain, just two fans like us chatting about the show. And we'll put a link to that on our show notes if you want to check it out, if you want very EastEnders oriented. I'm probably going to be talking about the most current episodes, so for fans in the United States who are lagging behind, maybe not for you. But subscribe if you are interested. Next week, Robert Lindsay. GBH, the classic Alan Bleasdale serial co-starring Lindsay and Michael Palin, comes out on DVD. To celebrate, we'll look at the career of the great comic and dramatic actor and singer and dancer, right? Yeah, absolutely. I love Robert Lindsay. I've been following his career for 14 years. I remember watching him win a Tony Award, and I even had a tape of that, which I gave you, but then it was included as a DVD extra on a recent PBS official DVD that came out where they gathered up all the best Tony performances and put him in as called Lost Broadway. I had recorded him winning and him doing the Lambeth Walk, oy. Yeah. So, so we look forward too. to talking about Robert Lindsay. He was in Nightingale's, one of my all-time favorite Channel 4 comedies. He's still appearing on TV, so he's great. And Carl Reiner wrote him a movie to be in. He liked him so much and seeing him in Me and My Gal, but it was a tremendous flop. What was the movie? Burt Rigby, You're a Fool was the name of oh. it. And I believe Molly Ringwald was in it as well. But I tried watching it, actually, because I'd liked him so much on the Tony Awards. I went and rented this film, and I couldn't really make it beyond the first 10 minutes. So it wasn't the greatest launch for him into American consciousness. So He's doing fine in Britain. He's doing perfectly fine. So Robert Lindsay next week. We want you to go to our website, which is BritishTVPodcast.com. And there you can find news articles, show notes, what's on TV this week. You can find old episodes if you wish to download them and find out about us. We have links to other relevant blogs. So please check it out. If you want to send us some feedback, send it to feedback at BritishTVPodcast.com. We'd love to hear from you. And we hope you've enjoyed this episode and you come back next week. See you next week, and we'll be doing the Lambeth Walk. Da dun da dun dun da. Oi. Goodbye. Bye bye. Duff 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 duff. Anyone can fall in love. That's the easy part. You must keep it.